Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the GeekWire podcast. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. We were not planning to come to you until next weekend with our regular weekly news roundup on Saturday morning, but then this morning, Monday, January 31st, we had another jaw-dropper in the video game industry. Sony is acquiring Bungie, maker of the Destiny video games, based in Bellevue, Washington, for $3.6 billion. So I invited Thomas Wilde, games writer, to join us to offer his analysis of this deal. Thomas, it's great to have you here. Hey, thanks for inviting me along, Todd. Just to set the stage a little bit more, Bungie is a video game developer best known back in the day as the maker of the Halo video game franchise for Microsoft, really the blockbuster that launched the Xbox. These days, they're best known for making the Destiny franchise an online shooter, and there's so much history, Bungie going from Microsoft becoming independent and now becoming part of Microsoft's biggest rival, Sony, in the video game space. Thomas, just to start, I'm curious, what was your reaction when you heard this news? If I had to summarize my initial reaction, it's something along the lines of, okay, here we go. Because last year was huge for mergers and acquisitions in the video game industry. There were something like 1,500 of them, a lot of which didn't make the news. And I figured that Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard was going to start that up again, but I wasn't sure it was going to be this soon, and I didn't think it was going to be this company buying this company. Of course, Microsoft two weeks ago just announced its agreement to acquire Activision Blizzard, maker of everything from Call of Duty to Candy Crush for $68.7 billion. So it's a much bigger deal than this one today at at 3.6. But this one today has some fascinating history. Can you take us through the ironies and the coincidences of Sony ending up owning Bungie? It's a game of musical chairs. If you are an old enough fan of video games, you probably remember when Bungie was the company to beat in Mac gaming back in the day. Right, right. And in fact, they were making Halo for the Mac back in 2000 when Microsoft acquired them initially, Bungie was, and Steve Jobs was reportedly pissed. So yeah, so that this goes way back. Yeah, Halo is kind of a spiritual sequel to their series Marathon. I mean, it's not a one-to-one comparison, there's no canon the two have in common, but there's a lot of terminology and little shout-outs in there. But then Bungie effectively put the Xbox project on the map for Microsoft. If you go back to the end of last year and watch a lot of Microsoft's 20th anniversary roundtables and what have you, they look like a Halo trailer. <laughs> they are entirely aware from the jump that the Master Chief is basically their whole franchise. And you can say without too much in the way of hyperbole that Bungie is why we have an Xbox today. There were other good games at launch on the Xbox, but I don't think Fusion Frenzy would have gotten the job done. (laughs) Microsoft then effectively spun Bungie off in 2007. Point of order, they didn't actually spin. It wasn't a spinoff. Bungie got its independence back. They bought themselves back for Microsoft. And then they went off to partner with... Activision Blizzard, because this is like the Kennedy assassination. Everything just keeps connecting back to itself. (laughs) But uh, Bungie went off to join up with Activision Blizzard to make the original Destiny. And then Activision Blizzard started screwing with them pretty hard, and they went independent with Destiny 2 eventually. And that's been very good for them, which is part of the reason why I was surprised that they were up for sale in the first place. 
because Destiny 2 has something like uh, 34, 35 million players a month. It's a very lucrative, very popular game. And one of the things about Bungie is that they are very good at action scenes. Hmm. Their lore has always felt a little bit like they were making it up as they went along, but there's a certain flow to a good Bungie-designed action level that very few other companies can touch. So I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that they're one of the big action developers in the space. And everything they do kind of, is ever since Halo, kind of, everyone's watching very, very carefully. They're best in class, really. Destiny 2 has a lot of fans, a lot of whom are in the development scene. I know a lot of people who are ride or die for Destiny 2 who are indie developers and in the space. It's kind of like uh, how the Deftones is every other band's favorite band. <laughs> so what does Sony get out of this deal? They get access to Bungie, which has become one of the best independent studios for making a game as a service, and which is one of the leading indie action developers in the current industry. And theoretically, a few years down the road, whenever they finish whatever it is they're working on, they could get exclusive publishing rights for the whatever new IP this is that Bungie's working on. Plus, if Bungie's really that serious about doing movies and TV shows and what have you, set in the Destiny universe, Sony would theoretically either produce them or at the very least have right of first refusal on producing them. And then apart from the obvious answer of $3.6 billion, um, what does Bungie get from making this deal? Well, the infinite money tree from being part of an international <laughs> conglomerate. I mean, I, I, I put that in the most joking way possible, but that really is a big deal in uh, the modern landscape because when you're an indie in the video game industry, even if you are a million or billion dollar indie, you're still hanging by a relative thread. You're one or two big failures away from falling apart. But if you are owned by Sony or Microsoft, then nothing short of a direct meteor impact on the continent you're on is going to shut you down. You can kind of see that with how Pete Parsons was talking that uh, the moment the deal went through, he's like, yeah, we're going to be hiring a lot more people because now we've got so you know Sony writing our checks for us. So there is absolutely no reason not to spend all the money there is in the world. That was fascinating. Pete Parsons, the CEO of Bungie, his post turned into essentially a hiring pitch for anybody who'd want to come help them realize this vision with Sony. I thought that was fascinating. Of course, they employ 900 currently. They're based in Bellevue, Washington, just outside of Seattle. They're building a new headquarters, expanding there and overseas. It's really a fascinating time. It's definitely going to raise their visibility. And this might be getting a little bit in the weeds for you, but you can't really overstate the impact that Halo had on action games in general and is still having to this day. Just a little thing like um, Halo doesn't have the standard health pack thing going on. Halo has recharging shields, which is to say recharging health. And for the last 20 years, there have been a lot of games. I mean, that's just a single mechanic has a huge impact on how the game is designed and how it's played. And that has had a huge knock-on effect for every game that was made after it. Nobody really thought, what if you just got better after a little while when you got hit? And then everyone else was like, yeah, why don't we do that? And that's the mechanic for, it's in Gears of War, it's in Watch Dogs, it's in Uncharted, it's in a, to some extent in a lot of other games now. And that's just one example of how Halo changed everything coming after it. Bungie has a habit of uh, coming at things from a weird angle that nobody else has considered. So just the idea that they might do a new thing on the PlayStation 
will get a lot of attention from inside the games industry and from outside of it. They are, uh, I mean, visionary sounds kind of highfalutin for what I'm going for, but they are definitely prone to thinking of things in an interesting new way. We'll be right back after this. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Now, in the short run, the big question seems to be console exclusivity. In other words, will the games made by Bungie and Activision Blizzard be exclusive to their new corporate owners and the Sony and Microsoft consoles, respectively? And it seems like in each case so far, the answer, at least in the near term, is no. Yeah, their announcement said that... uh... We remain in charge of our destiny, which is too cute for words. Yes. We will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. Our games will continue to be where our community is, wherever they choose to play. So at the very least, for right now, I would assume that Destiny 2 will stay cross-platform. They're not going to chop off big chunks of their audience in mid-swing like this, even if it is a free-to-play game right now. Obviously, that could change in the future with IP that Bungie may develop down the road and actually we know is currently developing, although we don't know what it is. But uh, in the meantime, this is clearly a company under Sony that's going to be doing more than it's doing already. Pete Parsons, the CEO of Bungie, really made that clear in his post writing about this deal. He said, our future games will take bold steps into unexplored spaces for Bungie, continue to push the boundaries of what's possible, and will always be built on a foundation of creating meaningful, lifelong friendships and memories. That whole thing sounded like a mix of a Hollywood studio and Facebook to me. I mean, like, what is Bungie becoming in all of this, do you think? Sony, for whatever reason, is very, very aggressive right now about adapting its various franchises into other forms of media. Later this year, we're going to see Tom Holland as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie, which I disavow as canon because Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a mustache. If you've played Uncharted, (laughs) you know why that's a thing. Uh, And there's going to be a Last of Us TV show on HBO Max coming later this year, which is going to be probably the darkest and most depressing TV show of the year. In a good way, I, I hope. But they are also adapting any number of their other things like Ratchet and Clank and Heavenly Sword and what have you into animated films or TV shows. And from the way that Bungie phrased this announcement here, I think the primary draw of the deal for them both is that Sony already has this multimedia infrastructure in place. And so if they're going to take Destiny to the next level and make it into a expanded universe the way that halo is for example uh they have a partner with which to do that they don't have to take blind swings or found their own studio or what have you they can just go to their established international trillion dollar partner and say please make a destiny movie for us and they'll say (laughs) okay and there you have it 
I assume that that's ag- exactly how Sony negotiations go. <laughs> On the other side, it seems like this is a interesting deal for Sony Interactive Entertainment too. They said in their news release in the first paragraph, it will give Sony access to Bungie's world-class approach to live game services and technology expertise, furthering Sony's vision to reach billions of players. For folks who have not been following along with Game Pass and Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, what could Sony do with what Bungie has been doing to compete more effectively with Microsoft? Well, Sony from that description is looking at Destiny in terms of, well, Destiny 2 rather, in terms of what's called games as a service. It's not something that you buy once and play and then put back on your shelf. It's something that you can theoretically play on a reasonably regular level for the rest of your life. And games as a service are driving a lot of the purchasing power and a lot of the revenue generated by the video game industry right now. And if Bungie is getting Sony's multimedia apparatus, then Sony is getting Bungie's established network for a very popular, well-made game as a service. And they can theoretically draw on that knowledge base for making a new one. That would be theoretically exclusive to the PlayStation platform. It's just a question of, you know, if you look at it in the terms of exchanging information and exchanging areas of expertise, then Bungie are really one of the go-to studios right now for a action game as a service. A lot of other people have tried to break into that with uh, a lot of knowledge and a lot of hope and have fallen on the flat on their face. So it makes a lot more sense that if you've got the wherewithal to do so, you're going to pick up somebody who's got a proven track record rather than just trying to forge ahead on your own. You can look at something like uh, Marvel's Avengers from the end of 2020, which was actually developed right here in the Washington area. It's got its defenders. It did okay. But as far as the game as a service part went, it was incredibly repetitive and fell flat on its face pretty early on, despite being an Avengers game in 2020. If you're going to want to break into that area, you're going to want to get to somebody who has a good idea of how to do it rather than just trying to bulldog it into existence with a lot of money and a lot of good licensing. Well, you talked about the potential for Bungie to leverage Sony's infrastructure to create new forms of entertainment like TV shows and movies. Am I stretching or reaching too far if I think of this as Sony becoming a new potential player in whatever the metaverse is or whatever the metaverse may become by leveraging Bungie's ability to create virtual worlds even beyond video games, perhaps? If there isn't somebody at Sony who is specifically tasked with thinking metaverse thoughts right now, they're falling down on the job. But I don't think there's anything specifically about Bungie or Sony which suggests that we're looking at any kind of metaverse tie-in. I think that it's more or less perfectly fine to say, uh, you know, it's a chocolate and peanut butter situation. We need an established multimedia studio. We need somebody who's really good at making games as a service. And then they team up and theoretically magic happens, or at the very least, a lot of money gets made. And we will be right back. When you look at this big picture and you think about where it leaves Sony and Microsoft respectively in just the world of video games after both of these deals close. And we should note like the Activision Blizzard deal is not going to close until sometime in 2023. I did not see an actual closing date in the Sony Bungie announcement. 
but I mean, these things have not happened yet, but when they do happen, how do Sony and Microsoft stack up in games? This comes with the invisible proviso that I may be completely out of my mind, but Microsoft has struck me for a while now as taking its ball and going home. They aren't playing the same game, so to speak, as Sony is. Uh, they're more interested in making games accessible, cheap, and easy to get to on any device. Sony is way out in front and is ju doing just fine with the old playbook where you make a system and you make a lot of really cool exclusive games for it and you use those to drive it home to consumers why they should buy your system and not someone else's. You buy Nintendo because you want to play Legend of Zelda. You play Sony because you want to play uh, God of War, Uncharted, and uh, you know all of the other cool exclusives that come out of the Sony studio. They've got a huge network of internal developers, and they've got a lot of really cool IP going for them. And Microsoft has tons of cool IP right now, but is also not really interested in making you buy an Xbox to play them. And in fact for some of their IP are entirely willing to publish them on what's theoretically a competitor's platform. I've been saying for a while now that if Microsoft wanted to just tweak Sony's nose pretty good, they could just say, okay, Minecraft is exclusive to Xbox from now on. No other versions of it are going to be supported. If you want the new stuff, you're going to have to buy an Xbox. And that would take a while for them to get anything out of that. But a year down the road, everybody suddenly, everybody with kids suddenly has an Xbox. And they're not doing that because they seem to think that exclusivity just means that you're limiting your, limiting your audience. Right. This is the new Microsoft. This right. is the epitome of the new Microsoft, what you're describing right here. Yeah. They, uh, they don't really care about the old set of rules. So it's hard for me to see them as being in directly in competition with Sony. Uh, Sony seems to feel differently on that subject. Interesting. Hey, so last question for me here, just an admission. You're talking to somebody who last experienced a Bungie title in the multiplayer for Halo 2. I recognize that I'm probably pretty rare in that. Was that a bomb dropping on me that you just had there? That, that, was, that was a quiet whistle. I'm try, I was trying <laughs> to remember how long ago that was. I want to say 2004. I, yeah, and I, Xbox 360. And I think yeah. my online gameplay or my gameplay on a console recently in terms of virtual worlds has been primarily limited to Animal Crossing on the Switch with our 11-year-old daughter. Well, who so, can blame me? <laughs> so for, for folks like me who may have lost track of Bungie and, and, and want to rediscover everything that you're talking about, about what this company can do, would you just recommend diving into to Destiny 2, or is there something else you'd recommend to sort of experience everything Bungie has become? Well, the problem with Destiny 2 is that it's specifically an online multiplayer game. Right. So if you're going to want, if you want to play that with friends, that's going to be the best way to go, but it's going to be much harder to enjoy if you're just jumping in solo. You can certainly play it solo, but it's made to be played with a group. And ideally, a big group so you can go on some of the big multiplayer events they've got going on, which is to say raids. If you were going to just uh, give yourself the greatest hits of Bungie, then go get a Game Pass subscription for a month and play the Master Chief Collection. Hmm. Right. Bungie's games were the first three mainline Halos, and I want to say ODST, which is a spinoff, 
It's a orbital drop shock trooper. And then there was a game called Reach, which was the last game they ever made in the Halo series. And those are pretty unequivocally the highlights of the series right up until Infinite, which is, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk smack about Halo 4 and 5 because I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, come at me. But the uh, <laughs> if you're interested in seeing what what Bungie can do in the I think some of it is just going to be hard. It's going to be like going back and watching Casablanca in 2022, right? Right. <laughs> which is an impious comparison, I'll grant you. But uh, you know, the original—if you can play the original Halo for you know through it—it's got some rough spots, even in the anniversary edition. But just kind of put yourself back in the space of what gaming was like in 2001, and you can see how everything after it changed markedly. And then if you're like me, you can get really frustrated at how the warthog handles and uh, quit. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, you know why the why humanity was losing the war with the Covenant? It's because all their wheels were made out of butter. <laughs> so damn warthogs. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, Thomas, they I should have be to tell shooting you. an automotive engineer every hour on the hour. That's what cost them the war. Well, yeah. they won, but it would cost them the war for so long. Have I ever told you the story behind my Xbox Live gamer tag, Nathaniel York? I had no idea you had an Xbox Live gamer tag. I do. It's been a while since I've even logged into it, but I named my Xbox Live handle after the first captain, I believe, in the Martian Chronicles to step onto the Red Planet. Oh. And my, my own personal inside joke was that uh, Captain Nathaniel York died immediately upon stepping on the planet. And I thought that was only apropos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It's my own self-effacing gamer tag that I never use anymore. So there you go. Well, you know, that's the problem with modern online gaming is if you are uh, sober and over 14, uh, you <laughs> will probably get your head handed to you. <laughs> It's why well, I don't play Halo multiplayer as a, you know, I would need shamanic amounts of Adderall to attain <laughs> what these kids can accomplish. Thomas Wilde, thank you very much for joining us. No problem, Todd. Have a good one. You can see all of our coverage of Sony's agreement to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion on GeekWire. I'll link to it from the show notes. We'll be back this weekend with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast, unless news warrants in the meantime. Until then, I'm Todd Bishop. Thank you for listening to GeekWire.